But hey, we're launching into the whole series on being a disciple. And Ro launched that off last week. Uh, it's actually her series, and I'm just following her instructions. And this is my turn to, to launch into what it is to be a disciple and why it's so important and, and what is a disciple and all these things. Well, to be a disciple, you have to know what you believe. To know what you believe, you have to be surrounded by people who believe what you believe, to reinforce what you believe. You need a story. And, and life comes at us like a story. You'll hear the echoes of John Eldridge, if you've ever read some of his work. He's, he's big on this, that life is like a story. And we can approach life in so many different ways. We can approach life you know, as, as a scientific formula to solve you know, the science view. We can approach life with uh, all kinds of history narratives or all kinds of ways, but actually life comes at us like a story. And there's the famous line in The Lord of the Rings where Samwise Ganji, the little hobbit, talks to Frodo. They're in this kind of dark space and he's pondering out loud. He says, I wonder what kind of tale we've fallen into. He's presuming that they're part of a story that has a beginning and an end. I wonder what kind of story we've kind of happened upon. Have you ever thought about that? That, that as you find yourself in life, you think, hang on, how, how did I get here? Like, what, what? And then you kind of make it difficult. And, but you know what? God has wrapped us up into this most amazing story. I want to unpack that story today. I want you to leave today with, with an absolute surety of the wisdom of the story that you're part of. Not some made-up story, but actually a story which has profound truth and implications for the way we live our life. Let's go back to the beginning. Every story has a beginning, doesn't it? And our story begins in the beginning, not just in a beginning. Not just the beginning of my life or your life or Australia or the planet. No, no, I'm talking about the beginning of everything. And in the beginning was what? The Word, says John 1. And if we go right back to Genesis, it says that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And I want to introduce you to a narrative, a story. It's like a framework. If you go to build a house, you, you want to know the plan that you're going to build it out of. Well, this is the plan for planet earth. It was created. And this word says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. It wasn't accidental. The planet didn't just happen. It wasn't just a result of some intergalactic explosion. I mean, the heavens and the earth, I mean, that's one verse that you, we could spend a month on. That God created the heavens and the earth, like everything we have. Unbelievable. Stars, planets, galaxies, Milky Way, solar systems. I'm, we're talking billions and billions of stars and planets. I mean, it's astonishing, the universe. We're, we're so little, aren't we? <laughs> like we, we, we send out a Hubble Space uh, Telescope and it can't even extend beyond our solar system. It's taking decades, let alone the next galaxy. I mean, the universe is wild. I'm not going to preach on that. But, but 
Psalm 24 says this, that the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. Everything belongs to God. Every nation belongs to God. Every person belongs to God. Why? For he founded it on the seas and established it on the waters. Like he made it, so it's his. <laughs> He's laying claim to it. He made it. So let's get that picture in the beginning. And, and the world was created beautifully. If we just zoom in, just, just our little planet. What an amazing creation. I mean, I've, I've traveled a little bit. I've seen the most beautiful things. I've seen just amazing mountains. I've seen incredible rivers. I've seen amazing oceans. I've been on the Great Barrier Reef. You know, think of the places that you've been. I've been up Taranar Mount, Chris. <laughs> I struggled. That's quite it. But that's so beautiful up there. Just, just around us is beauty. Trees, insects. A king parrot landed on my wisteria the other day. Bright red, you know. You just open your eyes and you see this beautiful creation, complex. I mean, who would design such a thing? Oceans and mysteries. God created this incredible thing. It's a magnificence of His glory. See, but unless you understand that the world was created, then it doesn't have the significance that you need. The world was intentional. i got to keep moving. i got to keep moving. Because then what happens is that we have what we call the fall. See, see, God sets this thing up and puts people in the middle of it, Adam and Eve. But they choose to disobey God. In other words, they're saying that, hey, God, we will decide what's best from here. God, we've got this. I know you, you told us how we should do it, but actually, we think we know better. Because God gave us free will. Yes. No. I mean, it's so good to have free will, isn't it? Except when you get it wrong. And this cataclysmic event we call the fall has actually ruptured the whole universe. It's not just people who are suffering. It's actually the whole planet. Look, look at this. In Genesis 3.17, Adam said, because you've listened to the voice of your wife, and have eaten the tree which I commanded you, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. In pain, you shall eat all of it. Your days of your life, thorns and thistles it will bring forth. What happens? You see, see, people were given a mandate to rule over our world. Guess what just happened? Our world is starting to rule over us. Do you see that? It's our responsibility to tend the world, but, but now the world is going to be difficult. There's going to be things like volcanoes and earthquakes and famine and drought and, and all kinds of tsunamis and things because the world has actually been shaken. The whole planet. Paul says this, we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. The whole creation Groans, the whole cosmos, the universe, everything is actually a little bit bent because of that original idea that we were supposed to rule. Now, earth is ruling us. We are subject to rule. So when El Nino comes, we go, what can we do about it? Nothing. Because the world is flipped upside down. 
is supposed to be ruled as our ruling house. But that's not the end of the story. Now, unfortunately, a lot of people stay there. Most people recognize the world's a bit broken, right? We do. We do. You, you turn on the news. It's all about climate change and panic and everything like that. Because, because most of the world thinks that our world is broken. It's true. But most of the world <laughs> thinks that people can solve it. That's untrue. We alone cannot undo the effect of the fall. We need a saviour. Our planet needs a saviour. You see that? Now, I'm not saying we don't be responsible and we look after things. Absolutely. But don't ever think that humanity can solve the crisis that's affecting our world right now. It can't. Our world needs to be redeemed. Look what happens. Look what happens. Romans 8, 21 says this. Creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. See that? Creation itself, the whole of creation, will actually be set free from corruption, from disease and disaster and effect. And we will be redeemed. The whole planet will be redeemed. Now that, that word means paid by ransom. It means Jesus has given us something in, in the cross of Christ. It wasn't just for people. Christ died for the sins of the whole world, but also for the whole planet. That he would redeem the planet. Part of the cross is to reconcile all things. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. All things will be redeemed. That's exciting. Which means that, that we are living in a space now. And guess what? We haven't finished yet. New creation. Revelation 21 says, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and the sea was no more. And, and then in verse 5, Jesus says, Behold, I am making all things new. All things new. See, we're not just being redeemed, we're being recreated. There is coming new creation. Everything will be put right. Everything will be as it's supposed to be. There's lots of ideas on how that happens and timelines. But the reality at the end of the day is that you and I will be living in a new creation. Probably better than the original good one. That's my surmises. Now I want you to look at this. This, is, this to me brings great hope. Because, because we're not just living in a fallen, disparate world. We're actually living, actually between the redemption, go back, <laughs> the redemption here and the new creation. So now Christians are about, we see what's coming and we start to put it into effect now because we know what's happened. Now that's the story of the planet, right? That's the story of our, of our universe. We want to know what we believe in. This is the framework of what we believe in and where we are. But I want to get personal. Because let's not just talk about the universe, right? The creation. The same 
story, the same framework is us. Let's flick to the next one. Same words. Creation, fall, redemption, new creation. Let's talk about people. Back to the start of Genesis. Genesis 1.27, God created man, women, mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Let's look at this verse. We are created, made, purposed, not accidental. Not some result of some, again, some long-winded amoeboid swamp where some lightning thing and then emerged life and somehow evolved into humanity. That's ridiculous. You look at the complexity of humanity and the beauty of a person and, and the wild I mean, emotions and thinking. And Do you really think that just happened by chance? By some evolutionary process? We are so amazing, so complex. Do you really think we're just going to snuff out when we die? God created man. God was in charge. God instigated it. You have a purpose. He did it. And he created us in his own image. We are like God doesn't say that about the dogs, as cute as Morris is. <laughs> he doesn't think like I think. As good as my chickens are, they definitely don't think. There's no brains. No emotion. God created people alone in the image of God. Only people. With all of the, the will and the ideas and the thinking and the feelings and, and the hormones and the complicators of life. He has created us on purpose. In His image, we are like God. We can create things. We, we make cities, don't we? We build dams. We build airplanes, spacecraft. Like God creates. We create. I haven't seen that from my dog. This just creates a mess. Rosemary. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so does your dog. But people... Made in God's image. And we build things and create things and shape the planet. It's amazing. The image of God, He created them. Male and female. Equal. Look. Totally both blessed, created together. No distinction in equality. Ephesians 2 adds that we are His workmanship. We, we use poem, that word. We're crafted, handcrafted. Psalm 139 says we are fearfully and wonderfully made, knitted together in our mother's womb. Every human being, from the littlest to the oldest, to the poorest to the richest, to, doesn't matter where you live, what race, what nationality, we are all the same. We're created in the, God, in the image of God for a destiny of beauty and glory. Humans are astonishing. The person sitting next to you is astonishing. Tell them, you're astonishing. You are astonishing. Do you believe that? Do you believe that you are 
created, handcrafted by the Almighty Father. Do you really believe that? Do you believe that you are purposed and designed and given beauty and love? If we really believe that, I reckon we might smile a little more. I reckon we might feel something a little more, a little more joy. Because most of us, here's the fun bit, hey. We know what's coming. The fall. Same story. And Adam disobeyed God. He wasn't just disconnected from creation. He was actually disconnected from relationships. Eve, they started, you know, disconnected from God, nature, and even ourselves. Like we don't know ourselves like we should. We're alienated from ourselves, from God, from other people. Romans 3.23 sums it up well. It says simply, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. The reality is that all of us have a limp. We are we predisposed to bad things, to evil. We can't get it together. We live in guilt and shame. We live in failure. We live in dishonesty. We, we live in a struggle, don't we? Isn't this just so contradictory? Created amazingly in God's image, beautiful, and yet we're so broken. Every one of us, no matter how nice your shirt is, no matter how well you present yourself, no matter what upbringing you've had, you are intrinsically broken. And the older you get, the more you're aware of that. It's a paradox, isn't it? This is the story that you find yourself in. And unless you understand this, life just doesn't make sense. You'll be conflicted inside. I should be this, but I'm not. I feel like, no, but I can't. Anyone else live in that conflict? (laughs) Is that just me? No, no, the Bible says all, (laughs) all have sinned. So when Adam fell, all of creation, all of humanity fell. And it actually explains so much about our life. We've got war going on, we just can't explain. Like, why, why would a country destroy another country? Why would that happen? Why, why would there be such hatred, global hatred against nations? Why, why would there be destruction of hospitals? Like, you just turn on the news. Because of this, it explains it. How else do you explain? Well, some people are bad. All people are bad. All people are capable, of, really. But for the grace of God, if we lived out of our thought life, wow. Doesn't this explain so much about you and I? Depression, anxiety, fear, shame, insecurities, all sit here. Weakness. It's why we just can't get it together sometimes. Now, you can beat yourself up about that or buy some motivational book from the airport, make you feel good, and try hard for a week and then fall over. When you can try all the self-help gurus you like. But most of us will acknowledge that we're fallen. Now, here's the thing. You can live in the creation. 
Some people live thinking that they are awesome all the time. I'm awesome. Full of pride. And they try to live out of that thinking there's nothing wrong with me. Right? Some people live out of this fallenness. They just give up on life. And we see that. It's just too hard. I'm just going to check out. And, and we understand why that is. Right? But there's a better way. There's, there's, a, there's a way in our story that makes complete sense. And this, my friends, is the good news you've been waiting for. It's called redemption. Galatians 3, 13 says this, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone who hanged on a tree. Go, what? What are you talking about? Christ, Jesus, redeemed us. That means paid a price, bought us back, like a ransom idea. That's where this word comes from. Like, like someone's been kidnapped and you pay some money to get them back. That's what this word means, redeem. There's a, there's a ransom price. He paid it with his own life. He took the curse of the fall for us by becoming like us and taking that punishment. This is the work of the cross, right? So he did that, and then he gives us the life that he had. It's like his exchange. He takes our shame and our guilt and our sin and our fallenness, and he gives us his perfection. It's like this switch. Now, we're still, we're still limping for a while, right? One day we won't. But he redeems us. He grabs us by the hand and raises us up and says, actually, you're so significant that I'll die for you because I created you perfectly, beautifully. You see, we don't need a hand up. We don't need somebody to help us. We need redeeming. It's a big difference. We don't need someone to walk alongside us and encourage us. And we, we need redemption from Christ. We need a new heart. We need a divine exchange. Romans 8 says that we, not only the creation groans, but we ourselves groan inwardly as we await for the adoption of sons and daughters, the redemption of our bodies. We know that there's something coming. But that's, but that's not all. Because this, this is the real exciting one. Corinthians 5.17 If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Come on, I want you to see this. If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has what? Gone. It's gone. The new come right now 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 look again if you if you believe in Jesus you've been born again you're between these two you're halfway between being redeemed and being a new creation yeah I've been redeemed it's, it's just that we haven't quite finalized the deal see like like the new creation's coming we know that 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 whatever heaven looks like we will be with Jesus free of all the shame and the guilt and the hardship, and that we'll be living like that. Now, here's a hint. 
Well, I've just been thinking about this week. A hint of what your body will look like in this new creation. It'll look a little bit like what Jesus looked like when he rose from the dead. Do you remember that? Like for, for 40 days, Jesus is walking around. He rose from the dead. Um, Mary didn't recognize him to start with, so he's, he's kind of different. He, he walked through a door. Like he kind of appeared in a room with his friends and they go, oh, goodness. He didn't knock. He just passed through. So he's, he's kind of angelic or supernatural or something. Uh, but he also ate food. He ate fish. So like, what is this? So he was recognizable, but not. He still had scars, right? And then, then he ascends into heaven, his, his new body, his new creation body. It's kind of what you will be like. You will still be you, right? You have been created forever. So some of you think, oh, that's no good. I want to be someone else. No, you'll be you. You'll be the best you. You'll be the you that God designed you pre-fall. You'll be the you without all of the baggage and all the hardship and all of the failures. Wouldn't that be amazing? Well, I think I'd like me then. I think, I think, that'd be, I think I'd like my wife more, more than I do now. Yeah. I mean, isn't it true? Imagine never having a conflict with a close friend or a spouse. Imagine always being understood. Wow. Imagine what it would be like. Now, that, that is now but not yet. Here's the tension of the kingdom. You are a new creation now, says 2 Corinthians 5. Right? But we're not yet there. We know that. I, I know that. <laughs> I'm not there. But I know where I'm going, and I know that this... Now, I'm going to pull this down. I'm going to pull my new creation body down as much as I can through prayer, through application of the Word, through hanging out with good people, coming to church, and, and experiencing the presence of God, and all those things. What I'm actually doing is pulling forward what my new creation being will be like. So hopefully, I am shifting from my fallen state to my new creation state in the middle of being redeemed. Is this making sense? This is the story that you're part of. This is who you are. This is the narrative of your life. It's a narrative of our planet, but it's also the narrative of us. And I find this tremendously helpful. You are a new creation. The old has gone. The new has come. Don't try and live out of just being good. And try and do it yourself. And if you're feeling like you just never make it, hey, I've got good news for you. You're never meant to make it. You can't make it. If you're feeling like, Laura, can I get you up here? If you're feeling like you're, you're sort of just in a pit. And as I was praying this morning, I felt like this message was for you. You feel like you can just never rise above it. And you've just fallen. And you think, there is no way I can't do anything more to help myself. I'm, I'm too broken, I'm too lost, I'm too down, I'm too fallen for anything to help me. I've tried, I've tried, I've tried, I've tried, but I just can't try anymore. I'm going to stay in this brokenness because I can't fix it. I've got great news. You're not designed to fix it. You can't fix it. But Jesus can. 
Jesus redeems you. Jesus is going to grab you and walk with you. He says this. He says, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden. I'll give you rest. Do you know what I think that rest is? It's rest for the soul. It's to end the fight. It's to stop the turmoil. I don't think it's physical rest. We'll get that eventually, hopefully. I think it's internal rest. Can you imagine not having to deal with yourself anymore? Imagine the words of Jesus has come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Rest, he says it, rest for your soul. My burden is easy and my yoke is light. It's Matthew 11, 28, 29. He's going to lead you beside still waters. He's going to restore your soul. Psalm 23. Jesus is on about soul restoration because He knows the situation of your heart and your life. We're going to take a time right now of communion. When you're ready, I'm going to invite you forward to take this and take it back to your seat. What, what you're communing with is Jesus. It's the creator of the world. And, and what I'd love you to do is to take on His life and His rest and His joy and His energy. And I want you to see the blood that He shed for you is new blood. It's new creation blood. You get that blood on the inside of you, it affirms the kinds of blood at the end, like life-giving blood, like a blood transfusion. You need, you need new blood in you. You need resurrection blood. You need powerful blood. And you need the body of Christ that's broken for you, which has paid for everything that you've ever done. You don't have to worry about things in the past. That's gone, that's broken taking bread is a declaration of His brokenness for your wholeness. But if, if you're here this morning and you're feeling like, I'm, I'm so down, I'm so done, linger here. Rowan, I would love to pray for you. Stand with you. Even if you've never received Jesus before, today is a day for you to come and experience Him even for the first time. Take a moment to commune with Jesus and see yourself lifted out into a new creation. That's what we believe as a disciple. That's where you're heading. So let me pray. Lord Jesus, right now, I'm praying across every person. Fill them with hope. Fill them with rest soul restoration. As they take this communion, they would receive from you life, rest, restoration. The things of the new creation that, that I'm declaring for them now because that's what you told us. Father, let people leave here with a sense of being a new creature. The old is gone. The new has come. Bless this time, this communion. In Jesus' name.